You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. Breaking news as it happens, what it means, and why it matters. Uh, Kevin McCullough, and here we go. Obliterating confusion. Amplifying truth. And pursuing clarity. Kevin McCullough, now. Coming up on the Friday edition of KMC, we've got a big show for you. Governor Mike Huckabee here, of course, will break down the latest on the Biden scandals. Then an FBI agent tells her personal story from 9-11 to retirement, all within the agency. Something interesting is happening with this. Kevin McCullough, let me start with you. I found this thing at TownHall.com by Kevin McCullough. The big guy is coming out of nowhere. Kevin McCullough. I just want to help people think. Nationally syndicated radio host and author of No, He Can't. The odds are he's right. It's Kevin McCullough, radio. All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us and always enjoy checking in on Friday with my good friend, Governor Mike Huckabee, who has been uh, somewhat of a regular feature on this show in some way or fashion or another since he was running for president about 150 years ago. So uh, we're we're grateful for these Friday visits. And Governor, it's been quite a week um, between former Speaker Newt Gingrich breaking the news yesterday that someone from the administration called Fannie Willis on Sunday night and said she had to indict on Monday because the Biden stuff was getting so out of control and so embarrassing in Washington. Uh, and, and of course, that that time frame now works. That explains why the indictment was so late and it got leaked online ahead of time and everything else. Um, that seems to be quite a, a bit of a mess. But what were they trying to cover up? Um, what is this? What is this pseudonym story? Who who was the president pretending to be and who was he talking to when he was pretending to be that person? I think this is one of the strangest things we've had in a long time. Now, keep in mind, this was when he was the vice president of the United States. So emails that are generated by a public official are required to be kept and archived just like any other document. Unless your name's Hillary Clinton, and then you can lose 30,000 of them and nothing yeah, happens. Forget it. Yeah, forget it. Or if you're Mitt Romney, a.k.a. Pierre <laughs> Delecta. But to, to be clear, you can use this, uh, you know, some kind of pseudonym if you're talking about a Twitter account or a Facebook, something that is unofficial and it's your own opinion or something like that. But if it deals with your duties in the White House, and it has to do with anything that you're doing either in that office or for that office or by that office, then it has to be archived. You, you can't just make it up or hide it somewhere. And that's apparently what Joe was doing. He was hiding uh, some of his communications with his son over his business deals. So Robert L. Peters is actually Joe Biden. <laughs> Here's the problem with that. It, it First of all, absolutely blows this nonsense that Joe Biden has said repeatedly and lied about, whether in the debate or since then. I never talked to my son about business. I've never had a conversation. I knew nothing about my son. Oh, but son's they changed business. it, Governor. They changed they, or they tried to on the slide. They tried to say he was never officially in business with him now. But it doesn't work because Correct. the words and so words mean things. It's brought out to the podium and all day long. Uh, make up stuff, but it doesn't change what the record shows. You know, the Internet is forever. I mean, that's the one great thing about the Internet. It used to be that, well, they misprinted it. It's in a library somewhere, but it may not have been accurately transcribed. This is his voice, his image. He said it. It's over. Right. He lied. 
And that's what we have. Now, why did he use a pseudonym? What was he trying to hide? Because if all of this is on the up and up, you just say, by gosh, I'm Joe Biden. I'm the vice president and I'm talking to my son and there's nothing wrong here. Let the world see it. But when you try to hide it and take it out of the sunshine, something smells bad about that. And I'm uh, very excited. James Comer, uh, you know, is taking no prisoners on this. He, he's absolutely uh, dogging this thing to, to to source. Well, he and Jim Jordan have earned their pay since the last election big time. Um, and for what it's worth, Kevin McCarthy appears to be supporting him them both with uh, whatever they need and public cover for them on statements that, I mean, I've, the speaker is redefining the role in my mind in some ways with the amount of communication he's having with the press because he's talking to people constantly and he's putting things on his Instagram and Twitter and other places where people can see it and he's calling people to the facts, which is something Washington's not used to. But back to Comer for a second, it appears that the Romanian angle on the corruption of the Bidens, there were 17 payments made from the Romanian officials. And it appears that 16 of those got made while he was sitting as vice president. Governor, how is that different than Bill Clinton, no controlling authority and pay for play from China with for he and Gore? I mean, isn't this the exact same process that you're buying, you know, public influence by people that weren't not formally in the position? That's lobbyists. But the guy that's there in the moment, isn't that against the law? It, it absolutely is. This is influence peddling. It violates not just the FARA Act that they went after uh, uh, Paul um, Manafort over, but this is really a, a much bigger violation because it's saying I'm using my public office for personal gain, and it's not something you are allowed under the law to do. This is, you know, we heard quid pro quo all the time during the Trump impeachment, but this really is quid pro quo, this for that, influence for money. And I don't know how the press continues to sort of pretend this isn't a big deal. There will come a point at which they can no longer ignore it. And Kevin, I still believe there's going to be a point at which there are going to be a handful, maybe not a lot, but there will be some Democrats who no longer uh, can abide by this. And they will have to come out and speak out and say, you know what, my president's a crook. As simple as that. Well, that's what happened in the seventies with Nixon, and when Republicans broke with him, and they said we can't defend him anymore, and we won't defend him, it was over for Nixon, and I I foresee that coming, and that's why I continue to say, McCarthy is doing right by launching the impeachment inquiry. It would be premature to actually take the impeachment to the House, because if that happens before there is this consensus. It dies in the Senate in less than five minutes, right. and then Biden go out and tell everybody he's been exonerated. Yeah, no, you've got to you've got to be methodical. But man, is James Comer impressing me on the the um, very uh, compartmentalized way he is dealing with uh, each of these issues as they come before him. And they say now, uh, Governor, that the that the money that they've attached to receipts that have come to the Bidens may be in excess of twenty, upwards of fifty million dollars. I mean, who, you know, who got that rich being vice president ever? Uh, Joe Biden. Yeah. I mean, this this is real money here. You know, the old Everett Dirksen statement, a million here. I think he said a billion here and a billion there. The next thing you know, we're talking real money. Well, for someone who for 50 years made somewhere south of $180,000 as a U.S. senator uh, to get this kind of money, 
uh, tens of millions of dollars. This isn't minor. And you wave that kind of money in front of somebody. And I'm telling you, they'll dance and ride the pony and, uh, you know, and sell out the country to do it. That's what's going on. Yeah. All right, Governor, thank you for your insights on all of that. Big show for you this weekend, I'm sure, as, as normal. What's on it? Well, we just happen to have James Comer on this week. <laughs> so I think it's going to be a blockbuster interview because I can't wait to dig into some of this stuff because it keeps happening to the hour. But he's going to be our uh, main focus of the guest. Uh, the country band Ricochet will be doing music. Nice. And uh, I think it's going to be fun. But James Comer being on will be the key this weekend. Yeah. Well, Governor, I, I have failed to do this yet, but I am officially in uh, sending an invitation to you uh, here over the air. You need to do my weekend television show at some point as well, because it slices right in between your 8 and 11 release. And so if people wanted four hours of Huckabee on a particular weekend, they could get it. Uh, but we've got to get you on my show to do that. Uh, thank you, as always, for being here. Thank you. Good to talk to you. you Have it. a great. There he goes. Governor Mike Huckabee. Gavin McCullough coming right back. We've got a big show. Don't go away. Maybe you've heard about MediShare and you know what it is. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. But you've wondered, can I really save a significant amount of money on my monthly health care bills? And the answer is an emphatic, yes, you can. You can save a lot of money. Whether it's just for you or for an entire family, MediShare has an option for you. In fact, the typical family saves $500 a month switching to MediShare. And it really is the gold standard when it comes to health care sharing. You get free telehealth services. You get a huge network of doctors. You get great customer support and you get the sense of security that comes from being a part of 400,000 people who share not just each other's medical bills, but purpose too. MediShare is a community of Christians who pull together and pray for each other, which is very refreshing right now. If you want more info, it's so simple. You can get a price within two minutes. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Come and get your Wise man once said, don't wait to buy real estate, but rather buy real estate and wait. Hey everyone, this is Mike. And this is Brian with Fellowship Home Loans. Real estate has always been one of the best and safest investments you can make. That's right. And whether you're looking to increase cash flow with short-term rentals or simply looking for a fix and flip, Fellowship has the programs and expertise to walk you through this. Many of the staff also invest in real estate. So clearly Fellowship not only talks the talk, but we walk the walk. To learn more, give us a call today at 800-804-SAVE. That's 800-804-7283 or online at fellowshiphomeloans.com. Fellowship Home Loans. Welcome home. Nationwide Mortgage Bankers, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number 819382. AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA. Listen online at WMCA.com. Tune in iHeart Alexa or Odyssey.com. Kevin Cottrell, we're talking with Dan Buttafuoco of Buttafuoco and Associates. And I know you personally as a Christian, a person of faith, Buttafuoco and Associates won't settle for what's good for you and the firm. You're focused on serving the client. We always settle cases which are based on what's best for the client. There are many lawyers out there who will settle a large personal injury case because they need to make payroll. 
we will not do that. We will only settle a case if it's right for the client. And we're very sensitive to the needs of the client. And we understand that this is a one and only opportunity for them to make good on the injuries that they've sustained and to move forward with their lives. And so it's very important that they get the maximum amount that they are entitled to from this personal injury litigation, whether it be malpractice or product liability or just a routine car accident. Call the offices of Butterfuco and Associates at 800-669-4878 and have them evaluate your case. That's 800-669-4878, 800-NOW-HURT, 800-NOW-HURT. Hi, Kevin McCullough. On MyPillow's 20-year anniversary with over 80 million pillows sold, Mike Lindell and the MyPillow family want to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on MyPillows. Queen-size MyPillows, regularly priced at $69.98, are now only $19.98, and just $10 more, you get the king size. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio podcast square to get Mike Lindell's amazing offer on the queen-size MyPillow for only $19.98, or call 800 800- 651-0798 and use promo code WMCA. In addition to this special anniversary offer on the MyPillows, you'll also receive deep discounts on all other MyPillow products, such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. Take advantage of the biggest sale in MyPillows history. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-651-0798 and use promo code WMCA to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his MyPillow. I'm Adam Holtz, and you're listening to Plugged In on The Mission. What we do is too important. When governments fail, the only thing left is the charter. In the new action movie Hearthstone, now streaming on Netflix, Wonder Woman star Gal Gadot trades her magic lasso for a new role. She plays Rachel Stone, an agent for a super-secret spy outfit called The Charter, which battles threats to world peace. The Charter uses an AI supercomputer called The Heart. It monitors, well, pretty much everything especially what the bad guys are up to. And if it fell into the wrong hands, (laughs) of course, that's exactly what happens. The content here is what you'd expect. A high but bloodless body count and some profanity paired with lots of Mission Impossible-like action. So we're giving Heart of Stone a 3 out of 5 for family friendliness. Read the full review at PluggedIn.com slash radio. I'm Adam Holtz for Focus on the Family's Plugged In Movie Review. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors and Sullivan Broadcast Studio. Breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is someone that I did not know the story of until I just ran across uh, her on another media outlet this week. And I've got to tell you, I am really thankful that she's with us uh, to be able to discuss all of this because she was very uh, pure in her motives in terms of why she joined one of the most important law enforcement agencies uh, that has ever been uh, created. And yet, if it does not get its act together, there are a lot of Americans that are very concerned about what the future of the Federal Bureau of Investigation will actually lead to. So would you put your hands together and please welcome Nicole Parker. Hello, Nicole. Hi, how are you? Good. Kevin McCullough, nice to meet you in person uh, for the first time. I was taken by your biography. You joined the FBI after being very successful in the world of finance. Why? Um, September 11th of 2001 is a day that we all remember. And for me, it changed my entire life. I was very young at the time and I was working for Merrill Lynch. I was actually working for the chairman of Merrill Lynch International. Um, I was working in the World Financial Center, uh, directly adjacent to the World Trade Center. Um, So I was right there. I was in Tower One 
uh, one hour before the first plane hit. And I was actually in the World Financial Center when the first plane hit the North Tower. And that is a day that changed my life. Um, I mean, everyone witnessed it on television, but to be there firsthand, I'm, I'm originally from Texas. I'm not even from New York. And the chances that I'm, I'm a Fort Worth kid Houston. myself. Okay. Okay. I'm a, I'm a Texan from Houston. There you go. So, um, but you know, I was in New York city and I just had a very powerful feeling in my heart that day. Um, when I watched that catastrophe unfold right before my eyes and they were officers from the New York police department that were actually the ones that were like, get away from the towers, right? Because we eventually made it out of our building. After the second plane hit, I knew that this was not um, a coincidence or an accident. Um, I knew that we were under attack. I was very young. I was far from my family. Uh, my boss was actually in Japan that day and I was just following what everybody else was doing. And I was absolutely terrified. Um, the curiosity in you, you're standing right below the towers because you, you're just so curious, but yet you know this is not right, we're in danger and I need to get away. And it was actually the officers from the New York Police Department that continued to say, get away from the towers. Everyone needs to get away, move away from the towers. And I will never forget having so much fear in my heart, but looking towards that law enforcement authority to give me a feeling of comfort, like I was going to be okay and I could get to safety. And I will never forget that. Hmm. And when I saw the sacrifice, that was made by so many that day, firefighters, police officers, all those that, you know, lost their lives. I knew in my heart that one day I wanted to do something to get back and serve this country. I wasn't exactly sure what it was. I didn't make an immediate decision to leave finance. In fact, at the time, my father said, you need to stay right there in New York City, because if you leave and come back to Texas, no one's going to understand what you went through. They're probably going to think you're crazy. You need to heal around those that have been through the same trauma that you did. That's why. That was probably some of the best advice I could have gotten. Yeah. So I did. I stayed in finance for several years thereafter. And there was just something in my heart that kept saying, you know, I just don't feel fulfilled. I ended up leaving, um, you know, the, the banking side. I went to a hedge fund and, you know, I was doing well. But you know what? There was something in my heart that knew God had protected me that day. And I wanted to give back and serve this great nation. And I love the United States of America. And I looked around and I thought, where can I serve? And it was actually someone from Wall Street that said, you know what? You should consider joining the FBI. And I thought, that's just so I would have never thought to do that. But I actually knew an agent. I spoke to him and I did. I uh, went on to FBI.gov and I just went through the normal application process, just like everybody else. And I was in the academy uh, within about seven months from the date that I took my phase one test for the FBI. They gave me academy date and I was off to Quantico. So how long until you were in the field as a field agent for the Bureau from 9-11? Um, I started in 2010. Okay. So it was about nine years total. That's quite a journey. And yeah. so from 2010 until just recently, you've been a field special field agent for the FBI. And you recently made the decision to um, leave. I want to get to that in, in a little bit. But let's talk about the types of things that you did at the agency and why you found it to be fulfilling and meaningful. Okay. So I, again, I started at Quantico as we all do when you're an FBI agent, um, you're assigned a division. I was assigned the Miami division of all places. I thought I would go back to New York or go somewhere, uh, you know, maybe in Texas, but it was Miami. Um, I got to the Miami field office. I was assigned to work white collar, which naturally made sense, right? I had a wall street background, a finance background. So they put me into the white collar world and I did, I worked Ponzi schemes, you know, uh, pump and dumps, you know, all sorts of financial crimes. And it was good. I mean, I, I, I worked some really large cases, you know, $300 million Ponzi schemes, um, you know, very high profile cases, but 
it was when I made the decision to transfer over into the violent crime squad. Um, you know, I was in white collar for four years and then uh, there was an opening on the violent crime squad and I made that decision and I was selected to move over to the violent crime squad. Then I worked violent crime for the bulk of my career. For the rest of my career, I was working violent crime in one capacity or another. Um, violent crime meaning, you know, what you see on t television, homicides, extortions, murder for hires, um, threats. Uh, I worked crimes on the high seas. I was the crimes on the high seas coordinator for the Miami wow. division, working all the cruise ship crimes, um, which entailed sexual assault, sexual assault of minors. I worked human trafficking. I worked in, then I moved over to the crimes against children area, recruiting sources of human trafficking, sex trafficking, labor trafficking for adults and for minors. Wow. Um, you know, these child porno pornographic images, things like that. Those were the types of things I was working at the very tail end of my career, but the bulk of my career was working violent crime. So, I've talked to other agents and there's always been this kind of um, feeling that I get from them that when they join the agency, that there's a real esprit de corps, that there's a, you're serving a noble cause and you're, and you're serving in a noble way. And I know that for many, many years, there has been an emphasis on the character and the uh, integrity of an agent's uh, reputation and who they are and so forth. The, the need to not be able to be blackmailed and other things is very important in the, in the line of work that they are in. Some people seem to indicate that that around 9-11, that began to change when it became more of an intelligence operation than an investigative operation or law enforcement operation. And I'm curious to what degree, since you joined after 9-11, you sensed the kind of honor and the uh, decorum of integrity being kind of torn down for the sneaky and the underhanded and the the we have to spy on people to find out what's going on to keep people safe kind of thing. Right. So I think it's important to make that differentiation. Right. Um, I think that I was a criminal agent. Right. There's different divisions within the FBI. There's right. the criminal side of the house. There's the counter um, the counterintelligence, the counterterrorism. There's different areas and units. I specified my emphasis on um, criminal. Right. So I was working active shooters, the Parkland school shooting. I had to do death notifications for that. The mm -hmm. Fort Lauderdale Airport shooting. So the FBI really is segmented into different areas. I myself was focusing on the violent crime and I did come in post 9-11. So I wouldn't have known the difference before or after 9-11, how it changed. But I can tell you, even in the time since I joined in 2010, there was a definite shift from it being more of a criminal emphasis into an intelligence emphasis where um, intelligence analysts started going to Quantico with agents and they were actually in the same class for a portion of their training, which was not the case when I joined the FBI. I was an agent training class and that was it. Now it's like there's such an overlap and there is a very strong emphasis on intelligence. Nicole Parker, former special field agent for the FBI is my guest. Uh, we're coming right back. It took a panicked run on a major bank to lead to the second biggest bank failure in U.S. history. And Moody's just downgraded the entire U.S. banking system from stable to negative. Just a reminder why many people diversify their portfolios with something tangible, something that doesn't need bailing out, something that can't vanish into thin air. Learn the truth in Swiss America's shocking report, The Secret War on Cash. This all-out war against cash is a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. You must read The Secret War on Cash. Get your free copy by calling or texting 800-630-1495. That's 800-630-1495. This all-out war on cash, digital forms of currency too, is growing daily. So please get and read The Secret War on Cash, free to say 
Salem listeners by calling or texting now at 800-630-1495. Make sure you mention Salem when you call or text 800-630-1495. Two things that hit a family budget the hardest, the price of gas and of groceries. Let us ease that pain at the pump when you enter the $18,000 gas and groceries giveaway. The grand prize winner gets $10,000 in gift cards for gas and groceries. Three first prize winners each get $1,000 gift cards, and 10 second prize winners will get $500 gift cards for gas and groceries. That's $18,000 total. To enter, go to WMCA.com. WMCA welcomes the new program, Summit Life. These lips of mine are bold enough to cry for help. These hands of mine, weak and empty, are ready enough to be filled. This heart of mine, deceived and deceiving, is still desperate enough to yearn for paradise. Listen to Pastor J.D. Greer weekday mornings at 530. Only one God is God enough to give us that green and garden paradise. I am not. He already knows. And he says to me, I am. Summit Life with Pastor J.D. Greer on WMCA. Listen to More Like Jesus with Pastor Dave Gustafson. 2 Timothy 3 again. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Tune in Monday through Friday evenings at 6.30. The benefit of studying scripture is as we develop this habit and it starts to reshape our brains, it prepares us for anything that God might want us to do in life. More Like Jesus on WMCA. The WMCA August Ministry of the Month is Summit Life with J.D. Greer. Because Israel rejected Jesus, a lot of us Gentiles were able to find him a savior. Listen Monday through Friday morning at 530. That means that even Israel's rejection of Jesus ultimately served a larger, better purpose, and that was the inclusion of lost nations. Tune in weekday mornings at 7 to win a copy of his book, Essential Christianity, Summit Life, the August Ministry of the Month on WMCA. A compelling look at current events in Bible prophecy. Understanding the Times with Jan Markell. More and more, the world sees Christianity as the problem. There are attacks now on churches, on pro-life centers, which are heavily Christian. Listen Saturday mornings at 9, Saturday nights at 10. As we have turned toward immorality, we become ungovernable. Click on the banner at WMCA.com to sign up for their e-newsletter, Understanding the Times, on AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA. This decade is looking like the worst one to retire or be retired in. For more than 30 years, Bob Carlson's Retirement Watch has been helping Americans invest, protect, and grow their assets. Subscribe to Retirement Watch and you'll get three months of Bob Carlson's Retirement Watch newsletter, five model portfolios, five free reports covering issues like estate planning and annuities to help you protect your money from the government and grow your nest egg, all for just $19.95. Sign up today at yourretirementwatch.com, yourretirementwatch.com. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors & Sullivan Broadcast Studio. confusion, amplifying truth, and pursuing clarity. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. Welcome back. Uh, if you have missed what we've discussed thus far, Nicole Parker is a former special agent for the FBI. She now comments uh, in the news and elsewhere on uh, things related to law enforcement, particularly as it is relating to the news of the day, and we're grateful for her perspective on all of that. Nicole, I want to get into why you left the agency. Um your sense that you just mentioned in the last segment, you sensed that there was a shift in the mission, mission creep, I think is sometimes what they call it um, when things begin to change, but not for the good in your, in, in your sense, in your estimation. And you felt like you needed to walk away. What happened? 
So like I said, I was working, um, you know, the criminal matters of the FBI, but there started to be um, an increase in what we would view as politicization at the FBI. And it became very um, apparent to all of us during the summer of 2016, particularly July 5th of 2016, when then director Jim Comey went before the nation and said that no basic reasonable prosecutor to that effect would investigate or charge um, Hillary Clinton, which we all thought was very interesting and odd because the FBI director's job, our job in the FBI is to gather evidence and to present it to prosecutors for evidence and to, or, I'm sorry, pre prevent, pre present the evidence to the prosecutor for prosecutorial decisions. And it seemed like he was almost making that prosecutorial decision. And we all thought that was a bit off, right? We're like, wait a second. If there's all this That's evidence, why job. is he making that call? Exactly. Um, then it kind of launched into the Operation Crossfire Hurricane. And again, this is all involving people up in the D.C. area, people up on the seventh floor, people up in executive management. So those of us in the field that are on the ground, ground level working violent crime or whatever your violation was, it, it didn't really affect you necessarily, right? So you're like, that's happening out there. That's not me. I'm but it did make you scratch your head job. a little bit and say, is this oh, the yeah. same agency that I went to work for? Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. And so... Over the years, it just kept amping up. And then we got a new director, right? Under President Trump, we got a new director. So we were all thinking, okay, well, this is a, a time of redemption. Like the new director is going to get things back on track. And unfortunately, it just didn't seem to be happening. In fact, it seemed that there was not a lot of leadership going on and things were just kind of continuing on a trajectory I just wasn't really comfortable with. And again, it's not about your political views. Your political views should be completely irrelevant when you're an FBI agent because you are tasked with investigating crimes, gathering evidence. And as they like to say, follow the evidence wherever it goes and buy the book. And it just seemed like, you know what? There are a lot of people not doing that. Like, how can you sit there and tell us that we're doing everything following the evidence and by the book? But there was this continuous pattern of Seeing that they're going, uh, you know, investigating and prosecuting those on one side of the political spectrum with such um, aggression and vigor, but yet on the other side of the political spectrum or social views, you almost get a pass. Like, don't worry about that. We're not focused on that. And, and there just seemed to be such a disparity between how different people were getting treated. And that is not the oath that I took. That is not upholding the Constitution equally and unbiasedly. That is not Lady Justice being blind. And it was difficult to ignore that. And it got very frustrating because I kept having to defend myself, even though I had nothing to do with it. Those in the Miami, you know, individuals that I was trying to recruit as sources, for example, they didn't even want to talk to me. They're like, I don't trust you. I don't trust the FBI. And I'd always have to say, look, I'm not a political agent. I, I have nothing to do with that. I'm just here to do my job. Wow. No one so it actually them. impeded your ability to do th the very thing you signed up to do, which was to Correct. make the world a safer place. And, and I don't I I witnessed the terrorist attack on 9-11. OK, I came to serve this country and to protect individuals. And I had that opportunity to do that. I served with honor. I tried to be there for victims. I had a very victim centered approach. I wanted nothing to do with politics. I frankly, many people said, hey, you should go to headquarters. You should go. You should go to D.C. We need people like you in D.C. And frankly, I didn't want to go to D.C. because I felt like the biggest impact I could make was in the field. And I even would say, I, I don't know if I'd be willing to drink the Kool-Aid that's required to be at headquarters. I just it's not my style. I just want to do the work. And frankly, the best agents I know were the ones on the ground level that were just in there working cases and investigations. But the politicization just became so loud. It was drowning out the work of those trying to focus on the real cases. And it. it I just said, you know what? I think I can make a stronger impact for this country outside of the FBI. I think I can continue to serve and make a stronger impact outside the FBI. And so I walked away. Well, I it don't was think there's any. I, I don't think there's any argument that certainly through um, crossfire 
and through you know Russia collusion and and you know some of the agents that were involved in General Flynn and you know there was just there, there just seemed to be a lot of agency attachment to some of these things that once we found out the truth about them the agency should have never had their hands involved with it you know and and lying to the FISA courts and stuff like that I mean that's that's really where the reputation of this really important uh, agency that that we've come to depend on in really really critical criminal matters uh, in the past l- loses its not just its shine but its ability to really have the trust of the people and I think that the FBI is only successful as the people are able to trust the agents. We're coming right back. So honored to have Nicole Parker with us tonight. Stay here. Feel like you're trying to push a boulder uphill, wearing skates? If you run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it, and we want to help. We're Salem Surround, and when it comes to marketing, consider us your personal move-you-forward company. In a recent study, we found that 53% of local businesses were classified as novices when it came to designing, implementing, and managing their marketing needs. And that's where Salem Surround truly shines. We're a full-service marketing agency agency that'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day, night, and everywhere they might be. Let us give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and what your competition is doing. Our digital sales and support teams are the best in the industry and deliver customized personal service that's second to none. If you're a local business and ready for the next step, Google Salem Surround New York right now. Our experts are ready to help you take your marketing to the next level. Google Salem Surround New York today. This decade is looking like the worst one to retire or be retired in. Now more than ever, you need to stay ahead of turbulent markets and money-grubbing politicians. That's why you need Bob Carlson's Retirement Watch. For more than 30 years, Bob Carlson's Retirement Watch has been helping Americans invest, protect, and grow their assets. A Retirement Watch subscription gives you must-have advice on all aspects of your retirement. Independent advice you won't get anywhere else. When you subscribe to Retirement Watch, you'll get three months of Bob Carlson's Retirement Watch newsletter. You'll also get Bob's five model portfolios and five free reports including the hidden rules of retirement, hidden real estate tax bombs to avoid, cashing in on Congress's $350,000 retirement shocker, plus two more free reports, and an exclusive conference call with Bob Carlson answering your retirement questions. The newsletter, free reports, the conference call, all for just $19.95. Sign up today at yourretirementwatch.com, yourretirementwatch.com. That's yourretirementwatch.com. Download the AM570 The Mission mobile app on iTunes, Google Play, or listen on WMCA.com, TuneIn, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. This is Carol Platlebow for Townhall.com. There's tainted, there's dirty, and then there's rotten to the core. The latter describes Merrick Garland's appointment of David Weiss as special counsel to investigate Hunter Biden. Weiss is the man who's been investigating Hunter Biden for the last five years. He approved the sweetheart plea bargain a federal judge rejected. He ignored Hunter's tax felonies and a felony gun charge. And his investigation was so deficient that whistleblowers charged it was fixed, saying they'd been stopped from asking about Joe Biden and the Biden's team had been tipped off about a search. Under the special counsel statute, the counsel is supposed to come from outside the government. Weiss doesn't. He comes from Delaware, Joe Biden's home state. The goal here is clear. Obstruct the congressional investigation, let more statutes of limitation run, and get past the presidential election. The whole setup is dirtier than a pigsty at an Antifa rally. 
Listen to More Like Jesus with Pastor Dave Gustafson. 2 Timothy 3 again. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Tune in Monday through Friday evenings at 6.30. The benefit of studying Scripture is as we develop this habit and it starts to reshape our brains, it prepares us for anything that God might want us to do in life. More Like Jesus on WMCA. We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv and on Local Now, Channel 525. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors & Sullivan Broadcast Studio. If it's happening in New York or across the globe, learn why it matters first on Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, final few minutes uh, in bonus coverage, actually, with Nicole Parker. Did not expect to uh, keep her this long, but so grateful that she is so passionate about uh, what is wrong with uh, what we've seen in the headlines in the last few years. And Nicole, I was thinking during the commercial break, there was a laptop that a certain president's son uh, turned into a, a repair shop in Delaware that the agency had in its possession for more than a year before uh, a story broke in the New York Post about it. And then I think when the American people saw the roll up on Mar-a-Lago last year, you know, I just think people shook their heads and went, what's going on here? Because you have on one side, as you said, selective enforcement of some things and on other sides, just a complete ignoring of the facts. You've been very outspoken about the corruption that you you feel like is infecting the agency. Do you have solutions for people that would like to see the FBI reformed or does it have to be kind of leveled to the ground and rebuilt from from the ground up? What's your what's your take on that? You know, that's a very important question, and it's something that I think about every day. Um, I hear from employees, retired agents, and again, like I said, when you put your blood, sweat, and tears into something, you it really was like a family at the FBI. Like, you were like united. We are going to do great things for this country, and even that feeling has kind of dissolved a little bit. But my personal views um, and those that I'm close to that I've stayed in contact with Look, I was doing real work, okay? In all humility, I'm going to tell you, I was doing my best to to really serve the people and to protect them and to put victims first and things like that. And I, I work shoulder to shoulder with amazing task force officers and other agents. There are good people doing good work, and they are still there at the Bureau. They don't have the liberty to speak up. They don't have the platform necessarily. And frankly, they don't have the liberty. When you're employed, you can't say a word. Right. And they need their pensions, and I respect that. But I can tell you... From my perspective, and I respect all views, I understand there are people that want to abolish the FBI, but in a recent op-ed I wrote, I personally don't think that's the solution. Frankly, I think the FBI needs to have their feet held to the fire. No, we're not going to just let you just ruin this amazing institution. You need to shape up and we need to fix this. But frankly, I don't believe, my personal opinion and others, I don't think it changes under this administration. I think that we're talking major changes would have to happen in this country with new leadership starting at the top. And then... I wouldn't say abolish it, but I think there definitely need to be some major transformations. I think Americans need to know that they can trust the Bureau, that there's transparency, um, changing the way that it's structured, changing the promotion process, the hiring process, um, you know, all different sorts of things. Let me ask a practical uh, side of that. Uh, 
Sure. If 9-11 moved the FBI from a law enforcement first mission to more of an intelligence gathering mission, would removing that plank from their mission be one of the kind of cornerstones of a reform that you would like to see happen? You know, that's a very important question because as we're seeing a lot of the corruption, you're going to notice a pattern, right? It always seems to be on the intelligence side of the house, right? You're not typically seeing a lot of corruption coming out of the uh, criminal side necessarily. A lot of it is stemming originally from my what might be determined as the intelligence side of the house. I do believe that intelligence is, is important for the FBI, intelligence gathering, but myself and others believe that there maybe should be, you know, there are other countries that run it very well and they actually have a domestic intel agency and they have a criminal agency and when they're needing to work together, they do. Um, I think that there are a lot of potential solutions. I think that's something that I'm actually working on. I have the opportunity right now to do some work with AFPI and giving some ideas. And so stay tuned. There's going to be a lot more that I hope comes forward. But to think that I'm willing to just walk away from this. Um, there was a big story that came out this week about two agents in the Miami division that were shot and killed. Um, that Laura Schwarzenberger and Daniel Alfin were amazing, amazing special agents. Laura happened to be one of my very best friends. Mm. And I can tell you, there are people at the FBI doing real work that you never hear about. She paid the ultimate sacrifice. She gave her life. I will not allow this agency to have their reputation tarnished to the point that she, her family is no longer proud of her legacy necessarily. I'm not saying that they're not. Of course, they are always going to be proud, but they should be proud to say, hey, yeah, my mom was an FBI agent and, and it should be honored and respected. And that's just not really what's happening right now. So I do think that there are changes that can take place, but I'm, I'm just being brutally honest. It's going to take time. It's going to take patience. It's going to take a lot of humility, admitting the mistakes. And I think that's part of the problem is a lot of people feel that the current leadership, until you can admit that there's mistakes, nothing's going to change. And yeah. they keep saying, hey, that politicization was under our predecessor. That was under the other director, not under me. It is ongoing right now. It's got to change. But um, I do want everyone to know that I am not one that believes in abolishing it. There is good work right. going on. You don't hear as much about it. There are solutions for this problem. It's going to take work. It's going to take dedication. But there are people that love this country, and I want it to be successful. I want the FBI to be successful. So let me propose and uh, get, get your thoughts on a proposal. Um, my friend Katie McFarland, who um, served multiple presidents in the Pentagon in a civilian capacity, um, but is the equivalent of a civilian decorated four star. And she has spoken decisively publicly about an idea that if Trump or someone else is elected in 24, that what you do is you come in and the woke aspect of the military, you fire everybody that's a three and a four star. You just send them to early retirement or say, thank you for your service. And then you promote the two stars that were coming up under the Trump administration before people that are not woke, that are more focused on mission, actuality, et cetera. Is there a similar kind of path that the FBI could adopt? Maybe everyone on the seventh floor that is above a certain director level is gone and you bring in guys that have been field agents and have that kind of work ethic and the and the integrity of of what the, the agency's always represented. Would something like that work? As I'm hearing you talk about that, those are some thoughts that I've definitely had. I think that's absolutely true. I think the FBI director, frankly, needs to be a former agent. I think it needs to be someone who has had the gun, had the badge, had the credentials, has you know, hit, hit doors, as we call, done operations, been in the field, people that have not just been in the D.C. area their entire career. I think that there needs to be a rotation of individuals, people that are inside the Beltway for their entire career. It. it I don't know what happens, but it just changes things. And we need fresh faces. We need fresh ideas. And I agree. I think the hiring process for the Bureau has changed drastically since I joined. You should be hired based on your qualifications and your credentials, period. Yeah. I do not want to be hired anywhere because I'm a woman. I want to be hired because <laughs> I'm the most qualified candidate. 
period. And I think that the Bureau has focused so much on social issues, social justice issues. That's not why I came. Frankly, if I want to do that, maybe I can go work for a different corporation that that's their number one priority. But when you are entrusted to protect the American people, that when you go to, to arrest someone, they're not going to care whether you're a female or what your religious or sexual preference is. They care that you are the most qualified. And I think yeah. that's a very important aspect of this aspect of transforming the FBI back to what it was as well. Nicole Parker, thank you for this generous use of time tonight. Thank you so much. And God bless everybody. You thank you. It. Kevin McCullough coming right back from New York. Don't go anywhere. In theaters, August 25th. I'm one of the best hitters you're ever going to see. The true inspirational story about family and faith. Briarcliff Entertainment's The Hill. They said he will never walk in. He ran. How many miracles do you need? Starring Dennis Quaid. You can't play baseball. God's going to give you a higher calling. You seen this? Major League trials. You're going to paralyze him. It's all stacked against me. The Hill. I cannot do this alone. Rated PG in theaters August 25th. Get tickets now. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish sounds easy it is and it makes us so much more than just a list get started at angie.com that's a-n-g-i or download the app today most people fall prey to satan's tricks schemes and deceptions which hinders their walk with god pastor ray hadistilianos bible study host on more than conquerors weekday afternoons at two has written a book called discouragement doubt and compromise to understand the dangers and live in victory, to overcome every attack of the enemy and live a more blessed life. And you can get your own copy of his book now at PastorRayNY.com. Everyone needs encouragement by understanding God's promises. Discouragement, doubt, and compromise helps you recognize the danger signs and stand strong with practical solutions and how to take God's promises to heart and live life as more than a conqueror. Get your copy today at PastorRayNY.com. Discouragement, Doubt, and Compromise from Pastor Ray Hagestilianos at PastorRayNY.com. AM570 The Mission doesn't have to stop when you turn off the radio. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Download the app. Just search AM570 The Mission. Take us wherever you go. AM570 The Mission. WMCA. you need to know when you need it. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. And thank you to Nicole Parker for being with us today in the extended kind of format. Um, I hope that that was insightful for you as to what uh, the real problems at the FBI look like and how, you know, with a little bit of accountability and some commitment to pursue truth and what's right, I think we can turn some things around. But uh, a very interesting, very interesting conversation. Thankful that Nicole spent the time with us that she did. And she was on the TV show last weekend. Going to tell you what's on this week's uh, That Kevin Show in just a minute. But I wanted you to hear this soundbite from House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Take a listen. About the pay to play for the Bidens. We didn't know all of what transpired, but what do we know now? Now, having followed and pulled on the strings, 
We now know that the Biden family created 20 shell companies when Joe Biden became vice president. We know that the Biden family got 16 of the 17 payments from Romania while he was still vice president. The president told us he had nothing to do with the Biden family's workings. But now we found out through the partner just last week that, no, he literally called in. He had dinners. And after the dinners, the Biden family got a new Porsche. They got $3.5 million uh, wired to them. So things seem to be happening here. We also found out where President Biden told us that his family got no money from China. We now know that, yes, they did get money from China. We now know that the FBI, from one of their most prominent informants, was warned that they were told a number of years ago that they had to bribe Joe Biden. So this is just raises a lot of questions. We now know that uh, Attorney General Garland has said one thing in the investigation of Biden, but the IRS whistleblowers say something else happened. So what we're trying to find is, who lied and what are all the truths that that is the that is the bottom line uh on on all of the biden business dealings that there's not been an honest telling of what is what and now because congress has been forced to delve into this um you know the receipts are coming out and it, the 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 truth is going to come out the, the they james comer says now that with bank receipts matching transactions, matching identities of people, that upwards of 20 different family members of the Bidens, while he was vice president, got as much as $20 million while he was vice president. That doesn't count the stuff that's happened since then. Selling access to our secrets, to our people, to our government, that's that's against the law and it should be uh, we should not be for sale um but they're they're going to get to that anyway kevin mccullough thanking you now listen uh this week on that kevin show we've got a big one um john solomon of just the news is going to break some news for us at the top of the show we've got elizabeth pipko supermodel is going to be with us kelly collette comedian is going to be with us weird al yankovic remember him the the guy who did all the spoofs He's got a new one we're going to enjoy. And of course, Assignment Desk Weekend. And then in the music spotlight, we've got Cody Asbury, who has written a couple of just heart wrenchers that I think are going to really um, impact you this weekend. Anyway, that's all 9 p.m. Eastern on Salem News Channel, which you can get on any app, any device, anywhere. Just go to SalemNewsChannel.com and download the one of your choice. Kevin McCullough, we will see you next time.